Euzubillahimineşşeytanirracim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil alemin. Vessalatu vesselamu ala seyyidina Muhammedin ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecma'in. Allahümme allimna ma yenfe'una ve anfe'ana bima allemtena. Ve zidna ilmen nafiyah. Allahümme erinel hakka hakkan varzukna ittiba'e. Ve erinel batıla batılan varzukna ictinabe. Rabbi şrahli sadri ve yassirli emri ve ahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Assalamu alaykum ve rahmetullahi ve berekatuh. Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bediüzzaman Said Nursi podcast series. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you get your podcasts uh, or at the website www.reflections-rn.org. Or you can watch the recordings on YouTube at the uh, channel Reflections RN. And again, you can access the video recordings at the website www.reflections-rn.org. Whether you listen to the podcast or watch the, the video channel, please subscribe, please hit that like button, uh, please hit that notification button, and please share the links with your friends. Let's spread the word, inshallah. Uh, this is Mustafa Tuna, and in this episode, we will continue reading the 22nd word. Uh, this treatise is um, composed of two stations, and similar to the 10th word, it starts with a, uh, a, a representational uh, story, and from the story, we try to move on to reality. So the story serves as an analogy uh, for us to bring reality, the understanding of reality, closer to our minds. Uh, it is about the existence, oneness, and some of the attributes of God. It is about it, the, the treatise provides demonstrations uh, for for uh, monotheism. Uh, we read the story and we read the first demonstration. We will have twelve demonstrations altogether. Uh, I'm not going to go into details about the story. Uh, you can go ahead and listen to the first recording of the 22nd word to understand the st story better, inshallah. Now we are uh, looking at demonstrations. Now, the thing is, in the first station of the treaties, we go through these demonstrations and we are still in this story. Uh, we imagine two brothers who all of a sudden find themselves in a, in a land that they did not know before. One of them recognizes he was fortunate, smart, intelligent, humble, and recognizes that, that, that this place must have an owner. The other one does not want to recognize that. And then the uh, fortunate brother provides these demonstrations to the unfortunate and um, arrogant um, other brother. So we read through the demonstrations and then in the second station of the treaties, we will start to look at the reality of these demonstrations. Uh, we will move out of this story and we will start to look directly at the cosmos, the world that we live in. So, Bismillah, second demonstration. Gel, bütün bu ovaları, bu meydanları, bu menzilleri süslendiren şeyler üstünde dikkat et. Her birisinde o gizli zattan haber veren işler var. Adeta her, bir tur, her biri birer turra, birer sikke gibi o gaybi zattan haber veriyorlar. İşte gözünün önünde bak, bir dirhem pamuktan ne yapıyor? Come, pay attention to the highest, uh, to, to the things that adorn all these planes. Now, the, the statement of pay attention is important and we went over it in the uh, previous episode uh, when we talked about the first demonstration. We reflected upon the first demonstration. Um, this is the abode of wisdom, 
things happen in a seeming causal uh, chain of relations in this world. And if one were to focus on the, the appearance of that causality, one could miss the existence of God. One could miss the existence of what we call in that, uh, in that first uh, demonstration, a hidden hand that is working behind all these things that we observe and that we attribute uh, meanings to. So we need to pay attention. We need to look careful. We need to try to see behind the veil. If we don't do that, if we are stuck on the veil of causes, we will not be able to fulfill the purpose of our existence in this universe, which is to recognize its reality, which is to recognize that it is a demonstration of God. It is a uh, it is something that describes God. It is a sign to God. It is there for us, uh, for for the for a test that we are involved in, and the test is for us to be able to read the meanings of those signs accurately, and to and, and to know our Lord as a result. So we need to pay attention. We need to move beyond the veil of superficiality. Okay? We need to move beyond heedless, heedlessness. We need to care. We need to wonder. We need to um, be curious about. We need to feel the necessity to evaluate what we see around us and, uh, and make sense of them. We need to pierce through the veil and get to reality. We need to um, feel an urge, a need to become aware of, to have an understanding of reality. We need to recognize reality as reality is. So, gel, bütün bu ovaları, bu meydanları, bu menzilleri süslendiren şeyler üzerinde dikkat et. So, come, pay attention to the things that adorn all these planes, these arenas, and these dwellings. So, we are looking at this, the, the two brothers found themselves in this land, and they are looking around, and they see planes, arenas, large areas, dwellings. There are uh, creatures that are living in structures. In each one of them, there are affairs that inform about that hidden person. So, we looked around in the first demonstration and, and, and noticed that the things that are happening here cannot be happening on their own. The force, the wisdom, the intelligence, the knowledge, the sight, the awareness, and so on and so forth that is necessary for what we observe here to be happening to happen is not anywhere in what we observe. It's not anywhere where, where we see. So if it is not anywhere in the things that we see, uh, if we think of this as a box or a house, it is not anywhere in the house or it's not anywhere in the box. It must be behind the walls of the house or the box. Right? So that there is a hidden hand, um, hidden agent that is doing all these things. In each one of them, there are affairs that inform about that hidden person. It is as though they each are informing about that unseen person like a royal monogram or a stamp. Now, what this means is uh, royal monogram or Turra or Tugra uh, and, and stamp is stamp. 
um, if when a sultan, for instance, sent a decree to one of his subjects to to identify himself as the author of the decree, he would put his uh, royal monograph on the decree, right? Or when a master, a craftsman, uh, makes say a I don't know, like a bronze uh, tray, right? Somewhere on that, the, this craftsman puts a stamp of his name to indicate that he is the master, the craftsman who made this uh, this this tray. Or you know, we see this in arts artworks, right? Pictures, and, and you know, so on and so forth. So, mm, authors, craftsmen, people who make things, um, identify themselves as the author of that object by putting a stamp by or if it's a sultan or to identify himself as the author of the decree by putting a royal monogram on it in that way this fortunate brother says that wherever we look all the artifacts we see around have um a a, a royal monogram a stamp on it there is an indication on them there is a sign on them that says that this is this is uh, this is meaningful. It points to something, and it is made by the one who wants you to recognize that meaning. And the ultimate meaning is that it does not exist in and of itself. It is created by an author, and this author uh, has created all these things, has made all these things for a purpose, and you have a function in the larger scheme of the things that are happening here too because you are part of it it is as though they each are informing about that unseen person like a royal monogram or a stem so this uh, will become more concrete here before your eyes look what he makes from a dirham of cotton so we will look at so that in that land they had cotton too, and we will look at a small amount of three point something grams of uh, cotton, right? So everything, everything has signs, everything has indications, everything has monographs. Uh, not even a tiny piece of cotton is excluded from this general observation. And therefore, uh, Let's look at this tiny piece of cotton, one dirham of cotton, and see what it is telling us. Now, throughout this treatise, Ustad Nursi interjects some side notes to explain uh, things a little bit more in this story. And here we have one of those side notes. It says, Hashiye, tohuma işarettir. Mesela, zerre gibi bir afyon bözrü, bir dirham gibi bir zerdali nüvatı, Bir kavun çekirdeği, nasıl çuhadan daha güzel dokunmuş yapraklar, patiskadan daha beyaz ve sarı çiçekler, şekerlemeden daha tatlı ve köftelerden ve konserve kutularından daha latif, daha leziz, daha şirin meyveleri hazineyi rahmetten getiriyorlar, bize takdim ediyorlar. So this is uh, side note three. We had two of them before. And that small dirham of cotton, Üstad Nursi says in the story, points to the seed. Right, seeds in general. For example, have a particle like poppy seed. Like a poppy seed is really, really small. It's like a particle. Have a particle like poppy seed. Apricot pits weighing about a dirham. 
and a melon seed bring from the treasure of mercy and present to us leaves woven, woven more beautifully from more beautifully than broadcloth flowers more white and yellow than calico fruits sweeter than delights and more subtle more delicious and more lovely than um, dessert balls or canned preserves so we need to again pay attention with a superficial look we will not be able to recognize what Ustad Nusi is telling us here he is telling us that look there's a particle like particle like poppy seed so small or a again very tiny apricot uh, pit or a melon seed you plant it in the soil uh, you give some water sunlight shines there's a certain temperature oxygen nitrogen whatever whatever is involved in that whole process of the uh, growth or creation of the poppy plant or the apricot tree or the melon plant whatever is involved there if you look at this with a superficial look what you see will be what you saw before throughout your life when you were two years old one day your father took you to a garden where you saw a melon and you asked oh where did this come from or what is this they told you melon and then when you ate the melon there came out seeds from it and you were playing with them and they said see we plant this we put this in the soil and there comes out the melon and you made that association and now it feels normal to you you say okay yeah um, melons come out of out of melon seed fine yes melon comes out of melon seed but the melon seed does not make the melon the melon seed does not have the ability to make the melon and then you also associate it with soil and you know that when the melon seed and the soil come together but again this is not the cause of the melon the uh the soil and the melon seed put together does not make the melon the soil doesn't have the power to do that the soil doesn't have the awareness to do that does not have the conscious um conscience consciousness uh, to do that so we need to be more careful about our recognition of what causes what right because when the melon seed is there you're eating sorry when the melon is in front of you sliced into uh cubes maybe and you're eating it the melon seed is not there any longer the soil is not there any longer the sunshine is not there any longer if you're eating in a room right when it goes to your stomach none of these are there it's a completely different environment and completely different uh combinations of things but the melon still exists what is causing it to exist continue to exist what is sustaining it with its properties right in time and what is sustaining the time so when you think about causality do not understand it as succession of things regular uh normal familiar succession of things that is not causality right that is the appearance of causality but to understand really what is causing this thing you need to to, to think about okay this melon is in front of me the seed is not there the soil is not there nothing is there but it still exists what is it that it, that makes it exist and that 
makes it exist with the, with all these attributes that it has, right? Um, now, that was the first demonstration. In the second demonstration, we are looking into something um, further, right? Uh, and, and we will understand what that further is when we read uh, more, but for now, we should think about this phenomenon that we observe in the universe like seeds. A poppy seed, and then there pops up the poppy plant. A, an apricot pit, and then a few years later you have this huge apricot tree. How is that happening? Right? How are these tiny, unconscious, um, I mean, ignorant, lifeless, or if there's life, there's a very primitive level of life, objects bringing about or giving way to these um, other objects that are much more complicated and that are all, all of benefit to me as a human being or to other things around it. All these leaves that, that are as though you had a piece of cotton and somebody used that cotton to weave a beautiful fabric. All of these delightful, sweet, delicious, tasted things that came out of that piece of wood or what seemed to be a piece of wood. How is this happening? This is the question. Buck. Kaç top çuha ve patiska ve çiçekli kumaş çıktı. Bak ondan ne kadar şekerlemeler, yuvarlak tatlı köfteler yapılıyor ki bizim gibi binler adam giyse ve yese kafi gelir. Look how many rolls of broadcloth calico and fabric with floral prints came out of it. So that piece of cotton that we imagine in the story, right? It was just a piece of cotton, but from it, so quantitatively too, it is not you can make a little bit of calico or a little bit of broadcloth or a little bit of uh, you know fabric with floral prints or whatever from a piece of cotton. No, this is not what we are uh, seeing here. We see a tiny bit of cotton, like the seed that grew into a huge tree, tiny bit of cotton and from it there came out many rolls of broadcloth, calico and fabric with floral prints and so on and so forth. How many sugary delights and sweet dessert balls are made from them? that they would be sufficient if people like us wore and ate them. So if you all wore and ate them and we all wear and ate uh, them in this, in this world, in reality, right? It is sufficient. A tiny bit of cotton. And then it grew somehow. Somehow, something that did not exist in the cotton or in its environment came into existence and what came into existence is of, of um, tremendous benefit to us, and it is sufficient for our needs. Did that happen? Again, try to pay attention, be careful, try to um, focus, get beyond the veil of causality to really understand what is going on here. Hemdebak. Bu demiri, toprağı, suyu, kömürü, bakırı, gümüşü, altını gaybi avcuna aldı. Bir et parçası yaptı. Bak gör. Also look. He took this iron, dirt, water, coal, copper, silver and gold. 
in his unseen hand and as though like he took them in his hand and kneaded them and squeezed them into something and made a lump of meat look see right so the perhaps one of the most important pieces in this treaty is like see right? pay attention look see now we have another side note here uh hashiye unsurlardan cismi hayvani hak ve nutfeden zihayatı icat etmeye işarettir side note four so what is this you know there are all these materials then that unseen hand as though took in his hand and made them into a lump of meat so what does this point to it points to bringing animal bodies into existence from elements and the possessors of life from sperms so there's another miracle here material lifeless elements somehow come together hold on to each other and function as a living object and even consciousness is given to them in some cases how is this happening how is this happening this is miraculous and you may remember that we talked about the con the, the concept of miracle right it comes from the word ajata to incapacitate it is incapacitating or it is it, it is manifesting incapacity impotence right the gold the iron the dirt the water the hydrogen the oxygen the whatever whatever uh, parts and components you can identify in these living objects be it a plant or an animal or a human being none of those components is capable of doing uh what the end result is it is not capable in and of itself it is not capable of functioning harmoniously with the other elements that go into this uh, process either right something is holding them and there is a consciousness there's an awareness there is knowledge there is wisdom in this whole thing it is everything in it are serving a purpose right especially when we look at living objects life is very subtle very transparent uh in that you cannot see it or attribute it to the things that you see around here right you may have that delusion that perhaps the the the the uh earth pulled uh, the apple and that's why the apple fell right you may have that delusion uh if you are attributing the actual causality to the earth that that's delusion otherwise it is just the observation of a pattern that god has created in his creation right but when it comes to life you can't see the see it like the way you see the apple and the earth you can't really identify where it is coming from but it is coming from somewhere right these matters of iron dirt water coal copper silver gold and keep going on and the more there is the more complicated it becomes right they cannot do that and this uh, this uh, points to the bringing into existence of animal bodies from elements and the possessors of life from sperms işte ey akılsız adam bu işler öyle bir zata mahsustur ki bütün bu memleket, bütün ile onun mucize-i kuvveti altında duruyor. Her arzusuna ram oluyor. Look, oh mindless person. So now remember the story. There's a 
unfortunate mindless uh, person and then there is his brother or friend who is trying to explain reality to this mindless person or mindless person these affairs are exclusive to such a person that this entire country and all its parts exist under his miraculous power and submit to his wishes either all these things have the power to do have have the knowledge and consciousness and sight and so on and so forth to do what they are doing the oxygen uh, atom has the ability to be aware of the hydrogen atom and the hydrogen atom likewise has the ability to be aware of the oxygen atom they are seeing each other and they are working together either that's the case or there is a hidden hand a an overriding power that is beyond and above and in charge of everything that's here and that's what we see we see his hidden hand working behind the veil of these appearances and actually doing things we see his hand as the actual agent of what is going on here so we um see two things here one from a small piece of cotton or from you know it's tiny piece of something many things um came out and then from lots of different things one thing came out and in both cases what came out is functional um, beautiful structural wisdomful right and that is the world that we observe around from one thing many things come and from many things one thing come we eat lots of different uh, food items we eat plants we eat meat we eat grains we eat and we drink water and all of them all of them somehow turn into our body and the parts of our body so everything that we eat put together becomes an eye becomes a uh, fingertip a nail everything that we eat put together becomes our uh, actions movements becomes flesh and bone but all of them work together in the system to turn into flesh or in other case in the other case from one item that tiny seed which is a limited number of things that comes out of this huge tree or a an a, a an air molecule say an oxygen um, element an oxygen an atom of oxygen in the air goes into our body and serves this uh, the, the purpose of respiration goes into uh, the uh, plant and does something else there so let's say carbon right it goes into the plant and is involved in photosynthesis uh, at the same time it has to transmit the air so it is doing many things one thing is doing many things and that one thing does not have the power or awareness knowledge wisdom of even one of the things that it does so while this is the case everything becomes one thing one thing becomes everything what that means is that this can only happen under the control of someone who has 
control of over everything that everything is under his power right this is the only way it can happen again Ustad Nursi repeatedly says look see get beyond that beyond that familiarity that you have developed in the course of your life that's the important part here these are miraculous if we could think think deeply attentively about it these are miraculous the challenge is recognizing the challenge is in recognizing the miraculousness of what we are observing because again we are veiled by this notion of normalcy that we come to came to call nature or causes or laws or, or or whatever whatever the name is right as long as we don't recognize that it is not something that inheres in what we see here we are missing the point because it's a hidden hand it is above and beyond it is doing things from behind the veil all right we came to the third demonstration Gel bu müteharrik antika sanatlarına bak. Her birisi öyle bir tarzda yapılmış. Adeta bu koca sarayın bir küçük nüshasıdır. Bütün bu sarayda ne varsa o küçücük müteharrik makinelerde bulunuyor. Come, look at these moving antique artifacts that are his. They are each made in such a fashion that they are as though small copies of this massive palace. Whatever exists in this palace exists in those small and moving machines. And this has a side note. Let's read that too before we reflect. Hayvanlara ve insanlara işarettir. Zira hayvan ve alemin, zira hayvan şu alemin küçük bir fihristesi ve mahiyeti insaniye şu kainatın bir misali musallara olduğundan adeta alemde ne varsa insanda numunesi vardır. So this points to animals and people for an animal is a small index of this realm. And since human quiddity is a condensed similitude of this cosmos, it is as though whatever exists in the realm exists in the human being. Okay, once again, come, look at these moving antique artifacts. <coughs> Don't just pass by. Don't just stare at them without noticing what they are look at them look this is the technique of recognizing realizing reality as reality is you look okay come look at these moving antique artifacts that are his they are each made in such a fashion that they are as those small copies of this massive palace so these our two brothers came to this land and they are observing things around them and they find this object this object that they can hold in their hand small but moving has warmth it looks like it has consciousness and they look at it and they start to notice that whatever exists in the cosmos there is something corresponding to it in this either as a small sampler of it or as something that just corresponds and has a relationship with 
So when they look at this object, they see that it has eyes and they recognize because they have eyes too, so they know what eyes are or they understand what eyes are. They look at that it has eyes and there is light out there in the world and there are colors. It has a nose and it can smell and they notice that there are smells out there in the world. It has ears, they recognize it can hear and there are sounds in the world. Subhanallah. Glory be to the one who made it this way. So it's a tiny object, but it's as though a small sampler of the entire world. Now, if you if we move the the bar a bit higher, then we look at the human being, and even though for the animal the entire world is limited to the the world that it can see, smell, hear, touch, taste. And sometimes there are other senses that animals have, say, uh, you know, some animals can recognize the magnetic fields of the world or can recognize uh, heat in, in ways different from us or maybe re recognize radioactivity, whatever, right? The, the animal, so this is pointing to an animal, right? Uh, even though it is like miraculous, it has all these things that correspond to the rest of the world, when you raise the bar a bit higher and you come to the human being, what you see is that the world of the human being is not limited to what the human being can see, touch, hear, uh, smell and taste. No, the human being has intellect, the human being has imagination, the human being has other senses that expand its world even further and even there, what you see is that what is out there in the cosmos, there is something that's corresponding to it in the human being. So when you move to the human being, it's as though the human being is a small similitude of this cosmos. Now, you, sometimes you open a book and it has this page of contents, the contents page. It has uh, chapter titles and then Sometimes it can be even more detailed and it can have titles for subsections in the book. In the old times, they used to make really detailed uh, indexes uh, for books where you could read the chapter, a, a very small presses, a, a, a summary of the chapter, and then a subsection. And, you know, this is on this. And so on this would be the, what the subsection's argument or claim or subject is. And then you would have, so this is on this, and then this is on this, this is on this. The human being is like that. In that index, you don't have the entire book. The entire book is perhaps 600 pages and the entire index is maybe six pages. So the entire cosmos is big. Um, you know, they say 14 billion light years. We, we can't even imagine it. It is so big. And the human being compared to the, the, the entire universe, not the cosmos, because the cosmos in, should include uh, the unseen realm too, but the universe is the seen realm, right? The seen realm at least is so big and the cosmos, done, including the unseen realm, is even bigger than that. But there's something corresponding to what is out there in the human being. There's something corresponding to, uh, not something, there's everything corresponding to uh, to, to even God in human existence. Uh, you know, we have our, our conscience, right? It is um, like an innate compass that shows truth and reality. Our conscience has the ability to, to recognize that 
there is a creator there is there is a hidden hand working behind all of these things right so that fortunate brother he had that his conscience was pure uncorrupted we have this uh, this uh, faculty that those who have access to higher levels of knowledge have identified as the secret uh, that is attached to the human heart and its function is to know god to know god we all know god we don't know how we know right i mean if we use our intellect we can uh, formulate things and the way we are doing now we can provide uh, develop demonstrations and observations that point to god and we can see the signs of creation we can put two and two together and recognize that it makes four right but even before that we have this sense of knowing god right so whatever is out there in the cosmos there's something corresponding to it in the human being now there are seven billion eight billion human beings and if you think of the history of this right there we don't know how far back it goes but billions and billions and billions of human beings that lived in this world <clears throat> they each they each were like this like a small similitude a condensed similitude of the entire cosmos how can now the question is rhetorical of course how can someone or anything not someone how can anything that does not have an awareness and knowledge of the entire cosmos and a perfect knowledge of the entire cosmos make something so simple so so small um and uh, compared to the larger thing in finite simile uh, small but condense the entire thing in this small thing right again because we are familiar with all of these right because we know what human nature is from our experience and observation and you know familiarity it may sound like yeah so what like you know there is light and i see my even the animal part of my existence my body right even that has all these corresponding things there is light and i see there is you know molecules in the air and i smell that's not like that no this is not random. This is too perfect to be random. This is too structured to be random. This is too organized to be random. This is too functional to, to be random. This is too purposeful to be random. It's not random. There is smell out there and somebody gave you the sense of smell. So whoever created the smell created your nose and whoever created your nose created you knowing the function of your nose in your entire overall existence all the way to its place size um, the energy that it consumes in your body the various stages of uh, evolution uh, that that that happens as your body evolves from a tiny sperm into the the uh, you know larger animal that it is now that's amazing if you don't recognize how amazing this is or I don't, right? Uh, because I don't from time to time. There is a problem with this, uh, with, with our ability to be aware of what is going on around our world, that we may be falling into heedlessness, right? That we may be desensitized by our familiarity. That is why in this story, we had these brothers wash in a pool, lose all their senses, 
right? And what that means is that all their desensitization throughout their lives and come to life again in this new, what appears to them as new uh, land, ready to have wonder and investigate everything to discover, right? Ready to discover. You need to be ready to discover. Inshallah, inshallah. And again, if, if we look carefully, what we see is, is there is this moving object. And then when we raise the bar higher to the human being, there is this conscious, intelligent um, moving object. And it is like a condensed similitude of the entire universe. And there is a message in this. There is a, this has a point. All right. Hiç mümkün müdür ki bu sarayın ustasından başka birisi gelip bu acıyıp sarayı küçük bir makinede derc etsin? Hem hiç mümkün müdür ki bir kutu kadar bir makine bütün bir alemi içine aldığı halde tesadüfi veyahut abes bir iş içinde bulunsun? Is it at all possible that someone other than the master of this palace shall come and concentrate this amazing palace in a small machine? Right? Imagine it. Someone who will come and concentrate this entire palace in a small machine but not own that palace not know that entire palace right now the, the cosmos right someone who does not have the awareness of knowledge of vision of uh, power to control uh, how is that person going to grasp right because that person is either in the cosmos or outside the cosmos. If it is in the cosmos, it is smaller than the cosmos. And how is it going to, uh, to grasp the entire cosmos in this way? The you know famous example is, think of a microbe on, on your molar tooth, right? Can this microbe grasp you as you are? Can this microbe uh, make a tiny object even tinier than the microbe? And that will be that will be moving and, and you know very artful and at the same time that will be a condensed similitude of your entire existence right so that someone that something is either in the cosmos then smaller than the cosmos and it cannot then grasp the entire cosmos uh, in order to condense it into one tiny thing even though even if even if that thing had the power to do anything right to condense and to make things etc won't have the knowledge, right? So how can it be? Is it at all possible that someone other than the master of this palace shall come and concentrate this amazing palace in a small machine? Is it at all possible that something coincidental or futile shall, shall exist in a machine that is as small as a box yet contains the entire realm? Now, if this, it, once we recognize that this is done by someone, right? And we recognize that this someone is tremendous, uh, has knowledge of everything, um, and, and doing things in such wise ways in this entire creation. And we see that this tiny small box contains everything that's out there in the cosmos, right? I mean, from ourselves, from our own uh understanding of what awareness means what art means what making things means right we know that this cannot be coincidental this cannot be futile i mean it cannot be coincidental that's that's actually more clear 
right? Because if it were coincidental, it would have to happen without uh, a, a conscious being consciously doing it because coincidence cannot be with conscious. Coincidence implies absence of conscious. And we can see that this is being done by a conscious being. But the next question is, is it futile? Is, is, is it doing it just for the sake of doing it? No, that doesn't make sense. There is a message here, right? That is what the intellect is telling us. That is what our conscience is telling us. We look and we feel, we recognize that there is something going on here. Right? Demek bütün gözün gördüğü ne kadar antika makineler var? O gizli zatın birer sikkesi hükmündedirler. Belki birer dellal, birer ilanname hükmündedirler. Lisan halleriyle derler ki, biz öyle bir zatın sanatıyız ki bütün bu alemimizi biz yaptığı ve suhulete icat ettiği gibi kolaylıkla yapabilir bir zattır. So we see that it is not futile. We see that it's not coincidental. We see that it cannot be done by anybody other than someone who is outside this cosmos. Right? It's greater than this cosmos, has knowledge of this cosmos, has the power of, has power over this cosmos. We recognize all of this. And then we also recognize that this is a, a conscious act. This is intended. This is purposeful. This is not coincidental. This, this is not futile. We recognize all of these. And then we say, in that case, however many antique machines exist that the eye sees. So remember, this was an antique machine, a, a moving antique machine. So it corresponds to animals and human beings. However many antique machines, animals and human beings, insects, fish, uh, exist that the eye sees, they are each in effect stamps of that hidden person. So they, their effect is, their meaning is that they are stamps of that hidden person. And then the stamp analogy, as we explained, is uh, an identifier. <clears throat> that person, and we will, uh, we will have a re representational story about this that's going to explain it even uh, further and make the whole point very clear that it, it, it is like a, uh, you know, made in sign in, on products that we see, or it is like the <clears throat> brand name on boxes of the products that we buy. It is like a stamp that, um, you know, someone puts on in order to identify himself as the author or maker of this product that we have in our hands. In that case, however many antique machines exist that the eye sees, they are each in effect stamps of that hidden person. In fact, they are each in effect a crier, a, an announcer, each a proclamation. So they are announcers, but they are announcement. <clears throat> they are proclaiming, but they are also proclamations for us to read, for us to read and proclaim. That, that, that gives human beings this, uh, the conscious, the conscious uh, seeing, intelligent, creature that human beings are that gives them a second purpose <clears throat> beyond the purposes of all these existent beings as uh, proclamations and and and criers right they they announce uh, and they are announcements the human beings also announces and is an announcement but the human being also has the function of reading the announcements of other objects and proclaiming them too one by one and as a whole so the human being is the crier of the entire cosmos before the creator of the cosmos 
reading their message to uh, they reading their uh, the indication of the existence of the creator of the cosmos they reading their message to the creator their supplications to the creator of the cosmos when we uh, say subhanallah we are in a position to say subhanallah on behalf of the entire creation when we say oh god have mercy on us we are in a position to say that on behalf of the entire creation all these tiny animals all these insects all the birds flying in the air all the fish swimming in the ocean we are in a position to ask for mercy for all of them we are uh, we are proclamations proclaimers and we are proclaimers based on what we have in ourselves and based on what we see in the entire realm too they say with their with the tongue of their states <clears throat> so we human beings have two ways to speak uh, one is to uh, indications signs gestures mimics you know if i say if i make with my hand you know this this sign i'm saying i'm indicating to somebody like come come toward me um if i uh, you know raise my hand or raise my finger it indicates that i want to say something we have all these ways of uh, communicating and then we have speech the speech that we articulate with our mouths and uh, we can write on pa uh, paper right now other things in the creation also have speech as animals especially also have speech but very limited their speech is very very uh, limited right uh, they because so it's so limited when it comes to um, lofty issues like the existence of God and attributes of God they tend to speak with the tongues of their states the the the, the seed that fell in the on the soil and perhaps covered with some soil right with the tongue of its state it says I want to sprout oh God give me the ability to sprout so that i can proclaim your oneness and your attributes out in the air uh, with the magnificence of the tree that is going to uh, that, that i have the aptitude to bring about with your grace with your with your uh, power with your uh, assistance solicitude right so they speak with the tongues of their states we speak with the tongue of our states and we speak uh, and and you know when I say gesture etc there's another way to it of course uh, when we are hungry we feel hungry with the tongue of our state of hunger the the weakness that we feel when we are in a in a dire situation with the tongue of our state of brokenness right we speak with that too and then we we speak with the tongue articul in an articulate way right so all these things all the animals in the uh, universe and then add to it all human beings too but start with the animals because they say with the tongue of their states only they say we are the art of such a person that he is a person who can make our entire realm easily as he makes us and brings us into existence with facility okay this is amazing this is amazing these things are saying look i have things in me corresponding to the entire cosmos or entire universe and therefore whoever made me can only 
only be the one who made the entire realm and therefore I am the art of such a person that this entire realm is his art too. There is this correspondence between me and with the entire creation. And once we recognize this, this is this is a side note, but once we recognize this, we find a way to uh, to, to witness the oneness, existence, and some of the attributes of God wherever we look. Wherever we look, because while animals are uh, more complete samplers of the universe, so are plants and trees. Less complete, but they are. While plants are you know, uh, samplers of the, the, the universe, so are um, rocks and pieces of soil or pieces of dead wood. Uh, less complete, but they are samplers of the universe. Everything with the, with the tongues of their state, they are saying this. They are saying that the piece of wood is saying, I am the artifact and art of he who has created and can create the entire cosmos. And therefore, in that piece of wood, we have an indication for the existence and oneness of God. As he makes us and brings us into existence with facility, right? So this is the other thing. This is this points to God's power. However easy it is to make the piece of wood, right? It's not easy, but um, let's assume that it's easy to make the piece of wood, right? And then let's start to think about how can a piece of wood can be made, right? How can a piece of wood be made? Well, you first need a tree. Okay. What do you need for the tree? You you need the you need soil and sunshine and rain. Oh, okay. Then what do you need for soil and sunshine and rain? You need the earth, you need the sun, you need the atmosphere. Oh, what do you need for the sun and the earth and the atmosphere and so on? So, well, you need the Milky Way, and for that you need the entire cosmos. So for the piece of wood, you need the entire cosmos. Therefore, however it is it is to make the piece of wood, it's that easy to make the cosmos. And when we look around and we see the generosity and the facility in the uh, existence and creation and sustenance of everything, we recognize that, wow, for he who made all of these things one by one and all together, it is easy. His power is absolute, infinite. And there's nothing that has any difficulty for the one who has absolute power. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Okay, inshallah, we will um, stop here. We read through the third demonstration too. Um, you may have recognized that I'm, I'm not in my usual uh, space where I do these recordings. Uh, I'm traveling and there was some noise in the background. I don't know if that's going to reflect on the video or not, but if, if, if it does, I apologize. Uh, it's not, uh, it was not under my control, uh, but inshallah, it will be of uh, benefit. Uh, difficulties uh, increase our, uh, or our, our, our uh, tests of our sincerity. When difficulty comes and when we still push through uh, whatever we are supposed to do, inshallah, may God accept, may that be, a an indication of sincerity may may i have had some sincerity in doing this so that it would be of benefit again please subscribe to the video 
please subscribe to on YouTube. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast if you are listening on podcast. Uh, please like and uh, hit the notification buttons uh, if you are listening on uh, watching on YouTube. Uh, please share the links. Please spread the word. Uh, inshallah, uh, we will meet again in the next episode. Uh, reflecting upon the fourth demonstration of the 22nd word subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma 'allamtana innaka antal alimul hakim wa akhiru da'wahum alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin al-fatiha as-salawatu